0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports for Dummies podcast. My name's Hope Ellen, and I am joined every week by the wonderful sporting expert Lewis Pierce. Hello, Lewis.
1: Hello, Hope. How are you
0: doing? I'm very well, thank you. Now, if this is your first time listening, this is the perfect podcast for you. Whether you know everything about sport. Or you know absolutely nothing. You can learn a thing or two and have a bit of a laugh with us. Busy week it's been for Lewis this week. Tell us.
1: Has indeed, hope very fun week, very very good week, um, but very busy all the same. I've been interviewing famous people for university projects. I've been walking about Wembley Way, seeing all all the build up to the action. Oh, what else have I been doing? Getting ready for a mill another project which is due in at the time of recording tomorrow, so on Friday. Um, so it's all been happening, but it's been very well. Been very well. Um. Yeah, so the kind of the highlight of my week, Hope, I had to do some Vox Pop. So for those listening that don't know what that, that means, um, I had to go and interview the general public about their thoughts on the Qatar World Cup. So I went down to Wembley Way, which is where I live, uh, for the England versus Ivory Coast game. And while I was down there, I managed to catch TikTok star Luke Bennett. Um, and I also spoke to Sky Sports pundit uh, Sue Smith. So there you go.
0: Hey, fun week for Lewis. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't envy you having to do all of these university projects all the time, but... Your course does sound fun. Oh,
1: absolutely, Hope. And I've got to experience some great things. Like, you know, living on Wembley Way, I would never have ever thought to go down to Wembley to get Vox Pops prior to the game. And actually going to do that for this project was really fun. So that was, yeah, it was really good. How has your week been?
0: This week is a lot calmer than last week. Although last week I started a brand new job. Really, really exciting. I was at the Warrington Martinez 2 um, fight night on Saturday in Leeds. It yeah. was incredible. My first day, ever- do you know what? I had a moment where I was like, cause I just go along with a flow of things and I'm in my head. There's nothing you can't, there's nothing I can't do. If I want to do something, if I want something, I'll go and get it mm-hmm. and it will happen. I don't kind of think, Oh no, I can't do that. Oh, I don't get scared. Likes to plats on my comfort zone. But I had a moment where I was driving. I was in the Uber going to the, to the fight night. And I was thinking, bloomin' hell, a lot of people wouldn't do this. By themselves, they would feel too overwhelmed, especially as a, a as a young young, I don't know if I can still get away with saying that, as a young woman to go to a fight night, which is in a stadium, which is um genuinely 99 percent men, and do reporting on a subject that I know a little bit about, but maybe not an expert on, and kind of having to blag it and learn it all. So I had a moment where I was like, damn, I'm pretty brave. <laughs> I'm pretty great, mate. And I also was standing in like um it was ringside where the media pen goes. And I learned so much, I will say as well, because I went to the weigh-in, I had a camera, I had no idea how the camera worked. And everyone else who was in the media team, like doing their own YouTube channels and whatever, getting interviews. Everyone was so supportive, even though they're your competition. Everyone was so willing to help and um, help me with my camera zoom and my tripod because I couldn't work it all out. Obviously I've been presenting for five years, Lewis, but I'm not a videographer. Yeah. So that is a completely different world for me. And um, at the weigh-in and stuff, all of the Leeds fans were there, loads of kids were off school. Because they oh, wanted wow. to watch. I know loads of little kiddies are like, legs, legs, legs. I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> it was so good. Um, and obviously, I spoke to Eddie Hearn as well. Yes. Um, and when I was standing there ringside, I was looking over at Tony Bellew and the reporter. I'm really sorry, I don't know her name. And they're on this stage in zone for, for the actual mm. present. They had an auto cue, and I was thinking, "I'm going to be there. That is where I'm going to be." And I took a picture of it because I was like, "That is where I'm going to be."
1: Well, hope. First thing, we absolutely love the optimism here on Sports for Dummies. And for anyone listening that is a woman that wants to get into the world of sport, Hope has absolutely proven that as a trailblazer, as one of many women is going to the world of sport, that you can absolutely go and do it. Um, just like story number one, Hope, actually, very interestingly, because we're talking about the world record crowd from last night in the Women's Champions League.
0: Oh, tell me more. I didn't see this.
1: Barcelona Women's actually broke, they broke the women's record attendance 91,553 fans were at the Camp Nou, which is Barcelona's stadium, uh, for their game against Real Madrid, and they actually won 5-2. The game was unbelievable, Hope. So an incredible, incredible scoreline to match this amazing history setting, um, setting night.
0: Do you think they've done so well because they knew that support was there?
1: Well, this is an interesting thing, Hope. Good question. So actually, no, because at the beginning of the game there was quite a lot of worry that the stadium wasn't going to fill up so actually all night so Barcelona's capacity so the Camp Nou is 99,354 so, that, so it's an enormous stadium just shy of 100,000 all tickets had been sold by since January they were all sold out every single ticket for the stadium but there was worry it was it wasn't going to be broken because heavy rain had been falling throughout the whole day in Barcelona and um, at the beginning of the game, it was only like half full. So on the telly, when you were watching it, it literally looked empty. It was like you would have thought it was a friendly game. You would not have thought. And there was a lot of talk saying there's no way this is going to happen. But actually, the fans kept coming and coming and coming. And by the end, obviously, this scoreboard on the scoreboard, it pops up that 91,553 people are there. And obviously, they broke the record and went crazy. And it was it was an incredible it was incredible to watch just to see that amount of people at a women's game, but also that the scoreline just emulated how great women's football is. And and actually I just like some of the goals I hope were absolutely insane. You know, there was a, the score went... Barcelona went one nil up and then Real Madrid made it 2-1 and then Barcelona then scored four to make it 5-2. So a, a really great game. Um, just
0: casually scored four.
1: I know, yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah just casually scored four. But um, yeah, the game did not disappoint at all. I mean, so the second Real Madrid goal was scored by a lady called Claudia Zornosa and you'd have to watch it, but she lobbed the keeper from about 45 yards. So literally picked up the ball on the halfway line, dribbled a little bit and then chipped the keeper incredible goal and then Barcelona's third goal to make it 3-2 was scored by a lady called Claudia Pina she also lobbed the keeper from an unbelievable angle had to literally dink the ball from the left hand side just inside the box over the keeper sailed into the top right corner was on it was was unbelievable really really great game I can tell
0: you're flabbergasted
1: I am absolutely because I think th- it goes to show everything we've spoken about over the last couple of weeks and months. Whether it was about we spoke obviously two weeks ago about CBS and the fact that they broke the record in the Champions League for the first women's um, all commentary team and punditry team in the studio. And actually, I just hope that this world record attendance goes to show that this game didn't end. You know, it didn't end one nil or two or, nil. It was an unbelievable game, and it is history. We've literally witnessed history tonight. So, to give some, I guess, backstory on. Um, on fans going to games like this, the last record set for club level was in 2019. Atletico Madrid sold 60,000 tickets, so 60,000 fans went to their game. And the biggest for women's international was in 1999. That was the Women's World Cup final that had 90,195 fans. So this topped both <laughs> club and international level. An absolutely incredible, incredible um, achievement. And the club
0: one, it's nearly beat it by 30,000.
1: Yeah, it, which what, is not a small feat. No, it's not. You know, they haven't done it by like 13 tickets. Or we, you know, we won by seven tickets. It was like, they've, they've literally blown it out the water. And, you know, Barcelona versus Real Madrid has a, a real history there. And it's known as El Clasico. That's one of the oldest derbies in football. <gasps> the most Fecky's football got before.
0: an album called El Clasico. Who? The rapper Fecky. Fecky? Yeah. <laughs>
1: you come up with some great stuff, Hope, honestly. Fecky.
0: K Y Fecky.
1: Man El Clasico. Man. Is he Spanish?
0: don't think so.
1: Fecky El Clasico. Is it any good? Is it worth um, a
0: listen? I wouldn't listen to it now, but it was... At the start of my presenting career, I used to choose random albums on Spotify and review them, and I reviewed his. He's got a song called Mad Ting Sad Ting. Yeah, that goes, Mad Ting Sad Ting! <laughs> Mad Ting Sad Ting! Basically over and over again. Sorry I, sorry, I interrupted what you were saying with the Fecky knowledge. No, no,
1: not at all, not at all. But... So basically, hope this. The point is that a lot of people would have expected this game to not really get a great attendance. So Barcelona normally play in a stadium which only has a capacity of six thousand. So in comparison, absolutely, oh my goodness, I know, tiny. And their average attendance this season has only been three thousand, so this achievement really is incredible.
0: Oh. El Clásico, well done.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and there was even a mural hope at the beginning. So what they call a mosaic, where fans hold up, like you know, you have your little signs where you hold oh, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the it read and it said more than empowerment, um, in the in the camp News. So there you go. Aww. Oh. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me hope if Barcelona beat that when they take on Arsenal or Wolfsburg in the semi-finals. I think they can certainly push for it. The cat the club did certainly campaign for the fans to go and there certainly were tickets that were slightly cheaper, but even still 90,000 fans going is an incredible achievement regardless. Made history. Exactly. And I don't know if you saw too, but actually the women's Euros is coming to England in the summer. We've spoken about that before. And the final sold out in one hour. So all tickets are sold out for the final for Wembley um, come June or July time. Story dos, Hope, we are going to Viva Las Vegas.
0: Hey, Viva Las Vegas.
1: <laughs> now that is what I do know. <laughs> Hope, do you know anything that's going on in Las Vegas in the world of sport at the moment?
0: I know that my boxing boss was there, <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it. Nice. Okay,
1: I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. F1.
0: No, no that's not.
1: F one. No. Yeah, they were know.
0: in Abu Dhabi. No, they weren't. Where were they?
1: No, they were in Bahrain. Um, that's it. We're talking about the fact that there's big F1 news that came out and broke this morning, really, that the F1 is headed to Vegas. It's going to be a Vegas track in November 2023.
0: So has Bahrain finished?
1: <laughs> I'm so
0: confused. Last right, okay. time we spoke, they were okay. tra- they were doing laps in Bahrain. They
1: were right. Okay, right. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll rewind. Sports are dummies. This is a completely imagined right. This story, I hope equates to your town, Kings Okay, let's imagine Kings Lynn right now. Okay, right. Let's say right now that Kings have just installed a three billion pound football club in the middle, in the heart of Kings Lynn, and they're going to be a new football club that are going to basically take over the world. Is what we're saying. This is the same story. This is unrelated to any driving or racing or anything like that. This is about the fact that a new track is coming. Ah,
0: got you. There you go. So not not all the players are going to get on their buses and take their cars and go to Las Vegas right now. No. come November, there'll be a new track and the F1 can be hosted in Las Vegas.
1: Correcto Mundo. So in 2023, possibly in November time, probably just shy of... um, is it called thanksgiving yeah it will be around then um but yeah there you go this actually could be potentially and i don't think it will but could be potentially the first one billion dollar deal in sports history because the billion i know because the venue is set to be worth a hundred million pounds per race and obviously if you do the math if that goes on for 10 years then they make one billion if that actually happens i don't know but potentially could equate to that um but there you go so The new track is coming. It's going to have 50 laps, 14 corners. It's only 3.8 miles long, which isn't a surprise. So it's not on Sunday because of the view of people watching. So they're doing it on Saturday evening, Las Vegas time, which in the UK at that point and Europe will then be early morning for us.
0: But it's not built yet.
1: No, but they're in the process of getting it all ready.
0: So they've already planned their timetable of when they're going to actually do the racing, but they (laughs) haven't actually done the tarmac yet.
1: But they're literally hope they're going to be racing on the streets, so they're not going to be going on a, on a special track. It will lit, I think it will literally look like a street. I imagine they will. Um, they will build a track in some form. It's not running are... over guys. I don't know. It's really complicated. The whole because it's kind of it's at the moment it's all up in the air. And no one really knows. Uh, quite little has been published about the actual track, and that's kind of why we were saying we don't know if it will last as many years as we as people expect because the details haven't been published
0: with like um the world cup and things i know that we like countries have to put in a bid for to have it and then they're chosen with f1 do cities that have tracks So say that we have that one in london that was spoken about before say that gets built and say this las vegas one gets built will they both bid and then see who gets it how does it work
1: it's normally chosen by the F1, so F1 can basically. So the F1 can choose whether you race there or whether you don't, and it, it must be to do with bidding in some form. Normally, though, the money doesn't all go to F1; it's split between contractors and all these people. But from what I understand, with this race, they will be taking all the money because obviously there is a huge push in America to effectively Ameri- not Americanize F1 necessarily, but to bring F1 to America because of the money it drums up and generates. Mm-hmm. So this, so F1 to give some like pre-context hope. F1 has been held in Vegas before, actually. That was held in 1981 and 82. Wow. And it was in the car park at Caesars Palace. <laughs> so it's like, you know, quite, quite bonkers, really. Um, and they tried in the 90s too. They tried for a couple of years to get it going, but the casino owners weren't happy with the fact that they'd have to shut their roads and stuff for the F1 to take place. Yeah, because
0: but- they would make so much money from the casinos
1: exactly so i mean you know the u.s market is important to crack financially whether they will or won't i don't know i think they've got a track debuting this year in may they're racing in miami that's all built that's ready to go that looks incredible that'll be absolutely awesome i think it'll be a great place to race and um, austin is another place they've raced before since 2012 that's also a good track but i don't know las vegas i mean what do you think about that hope neon lights big big shiny things do you see that as f1 or do you see it as more of like for me personally, I think it's like drifters drag racing, like big cars pimped up. I don't see it as slim f1 cars doing tight, you know what do you think?
0: Vegas isn't a place that I'd kind of i mean I'd never turn down going anywhere in the world because I love I think traveling is really important and you learn things, but it's not a place that's be on my bucket list as a place to go. It reminds me of Sims when they're in the desert, <laughs> and I feel like building a track in the sims desert. You'd have to have a lot of infrastructure because mm-hmm. if it would be really hot. Like, yeah. obviously, they've got infrastructure there. Otherwise, there wouldn't be anyone there. But I definitely think the Miami track appeals more to me and would appeal more to racers. I just kind of think, yeah, a bit too sandy.
1: Yeah, I just for me personally, <laughs> so really, for me, I
0: don't really know. Technically, by the way, I'm just yeah, that's my no. Opinion. I,
1: I guess hope I, the one the one thing you can argue about that is that obviously places like Bahrain, Abu Dhabi, you know, Saudi Arabia, they are all they are sandy. all sand, Yeah, they are all sandy. So I think in that sense, I don't really care. But I agree with you in the sense that it it just feels a bit weird. Like you know, Vegas is known as this big casino hotshot place with millionaires going and people playing in the casinos and all that stuff. It just feels a bit like they're they're trying to they're trying to do something with the sport that it isn't, you know. It feels F- random. Yeah, it does exactly. F one is not a sport where, as an example, you might see Conor McGregor ag- agree a fight in Las Vegas for four hundred million dollars or something stupid. That would make sense to me, but F one feels more professional. It's not a sport which is just thrown about. Obviously, it's all invested in money. But it's not a sport that I just think they'd go, great, we're going to throw it. But clearly they have, so there you go. Um, I mean, I don't know whether it will last or not will, ha- will remain to be seen uh, and how the drivers will feel about going there. I don't know. But certainly I c- I'm sure that the casino owners are clearly backing it because that's why it's now happening. Um, whether it does exist for a long time though, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad thing for the casino owners. Casino, yeah, that's the right word. Yes. <laughs> I thought I said it wrong.
1: Casino owners.
0: It feels weird to me. <laughs> casino <laughs> casino owners yes um obviously it would be a good thing for them to bring yeah. in tourists and money if it's not on their car park so i can see why they'd be pleased about it yeah. and maybe I- lewis hamilton should go and try and get his um vegan burger restaurant <laughs> open there so he's ready and he feel good i would be interested to know what he thinks
1: yeah i don't know i mean Obviously, Vegas is not necessarily a controversial place, but certainly a place that people have mixed feelings on. And it's somewhere that I agree. Hope I have no interest in going to see it myself. If there was, say, a work conference there and you'd have to go and visit, I wouldn't mind doing that. But it's certainly not a place that I have any interest really in seeing or yeah. visiting because I just—it's like there's also there's nothing. I know there's there's like casinos to go in and stuff. But there's, but there's nothing there. There's nothing to do. Yeah, it's like it's really boring. It just seems like this sort of place, which is it is it is this place which is just built in the middle of nowhere, which just has loads of millionaires and people living there. Yeah. But
0: where's the beach, guys?
1: exactly which is none because it's just sand
0: where's the beach at where's the markets (laughs) where can i buy one of those tourist anklets that we all get (laughs) every time we go on holiday that are string and they come apart where can i get one in vegas
1: and you won't be you know you won't be getting one in vegas although there was talk saying that so that is the third race they've now got obviously vegas austin and miami there is some talk saying they're going to try and get a fourth race so four races um for yeah for the f1 that could potentially be in california so somewhere like san francisco or again la again really hard to sort the trouble with these places to hope when you're trying to somewhere like an la or even a vegas to an extent is america is so tightly knit and obviously a place like vegas you have space to build and, and expand even in say the what's it called is it the central west i can't remember what they call it the, the don't ask me people. no but the states were literally like <laughs> no, no, we're like but the fact that you've got sand,
0: <laughs> I'm allowed to say it, not you. Sorry.
1: Um, anyway, um, yeah, you know, it's the sort of places where like there are those memes where the tumbleweed rolls along and there's nothing to do there. It's like that. That's the sort of place to build. Well, but where you go to somewhere which is really compact, like a London or a New York or an LA, mm. arranging a F1 track for somewhere like that is very, very complicated, and the logistics are much harder to sort out than saying a track in las vegas where there is literally nothing you know <laughs> so
0: yeah i mean america's got so much la- uh, so much land that could be used to build multiple multiple tracks but yeah. it's the case of other people there can they make money
1: exactly that's their
0: concern so,
1: But I think, I think F1 also has become more interesting because of Drive to Survive. So for those listening that don't know that maybe don't have Netflix, Drive to Survive is an F1 series on Netflix, which is basically like a documentary all about F1 and goes like the ins and outs of what's happening in F1 um, and all behind the scenes access. So when you see people get grumpy with each other, there are, I think, four seasons. They're all brilliant, really worth watching if you haven't. Very interesting, very insightful. And you learn about the characters of Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, um. I don't know, Valtteri Bottas, any of these people, you you do see them actually behind the scenes. But even still, I think the reason why America has been pushed so hard is because of this this drive to survive. I think that's actually played a really important role in that um, with Americans now watching it over in the US.
0: And Lewis, you're getting a bit giddy about story number three. What is it?
1: Well, Hope, a story actually that I remembered was going on literally as I was walking down the street a couple of weeks ago, should I say Past the river because we are talking about the boat race for 2022.
0: Is this the thing what we spoke about last year? I feel like we've known each other for decades, it feels we have
1: hope a long time. With the
0: lady who sailed round and won.
1: No hope. This is the Oxford versus Cambridge boat race. Oh, it's Tems. the posh one! Yes, exactly. We're talking about the posh one. Yes. So I'm going to do a Sports for Dummies rundown for those listening because I didn't have a clue where this race started or what it was. I just knew it as the posh Oxford boat race where you go and race on sail on the boats on the Thames. I didn't know anything (laughs) about it. So I'm going to give some context first for the history and then we can talk all about the boat race coming up on the weekend. So the history of it. Right, Oxford versus Cambridge—the two big universities around the world. Everyone knows them. Everyone assumes, you know, all the um, all the stereotypes: posh, snobby, um, rich kids, mummy and daddy, all of those things. Uh, <laughs> the-
0: watch yourself, because I actually got an offer for Cambridge.
1: No, but that, but I said stereotype, as in people. <laughs> I'm people- joking, I didn't really. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I've maced it went to Cambridge. I do. I've got maced that went to Cambridge. <laughs> You didn't get me there. You think you're so (laughs) funny. I really wish
0: I got you more there.
1: No, because I have mates at Oxford and Cambridge. But it's true. You know, even they said. You didn't,
0: but the thing is, you didn't think I was lying.
1: No, I didn't, to be fair. I didn't. I didn't. And what was your your application in clowning?
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) I actually got into Warwick University, but though. Oh, did
1: you? What what were you going to
0: go study? Can't remember now. I deferred it twenty thousand times, and then I changed mind, and then (laughs) didn't go. I was going to go do sociology. I think I don't know why. Really? I was like, "Eh." and then I wanted to be a teacher, so I was going to do primary school teaching.
1: Did you do A levels?
0: Yeah, I got A A B in my A levels. Oh wow! What did you study? Um, Sociology, history, communications, and culture.
1: Wow, well, that's very impressive. Hey, well
0: Gaylord, Hey, not not so dummy anymore. <laughs> um, no, I had to work really hard, but <laughs> I got Even there. Even still, no, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yes. Carry no. on.
1: You know what comes with the stereotypes of of Oxford and Cambridge? Equally, give you an example. I visited Lord's Cricket Ground a couple of weeks ago. That stereotypes posh, eccentric, boring, old, dull. Actually, a really fun place. I had a great time. So all of the things that people are listening to now are going, crikey, this is going to be boring. Actually, it's very, very interesting and I've learned a lot in my time. Really fun fact,
0: it. my mum's family, last name, Lord. Oh,
1: really? Mm-hmm. Ah. And really... in my
0: grandma's toilet, she's got a little sign saying House of Lords. Ah,
1: so maybe you were,
0: maybe... <laughs> right Whoa. above where you dump your kids off at the pool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: brilliant <laughs> we're talking about the two people that founded founded this boat race so this was back in the early 1820s two friends wow. from harrow school yeah so we've got charles wardsworth or what sorry oh, we've no. got to
0: do it in posh voices
1: okay two friends from harrow school we've got charles wordsworth which is from oxford and Hello charles there,
0: i'm charles
1: <laughs> and charles Merivale's from cambridge you know they met on vacation in Cambridge. They met on Cambridge. They met on vacation in Cambridgeshire, um, and Wordsworth was actually—I keep saying his name wrong. It's really hard. That's a hard one to say. I hope you can say it. his name is Wordsworth. Oh, Wordsworth. Wordsworth. Wor- Wordsworth.
0: Wordsworth. Wordsworth.
1: Wordsworth. It's W-R-O-D-S-W-O-R-T-H. So Wordsworth.
0: Wordsworth.
1: Wordsworth. Right, we've just said the whole thing wrong. Anyway, we'll keep going though. Mr. Wordsworth.
0: <laughs> Try it at home. Let us know how you get on.
1: Yeah, please do. Wordsworth went rowing on in Cambridge. Um, and then from there, it, it said that the two friends then set up the, t- the challenge. So not a lot is really known about the history of it in the sense of how it was set up. But that's how, what we know it's so far. a bit far. of bantz. There you go. Bit of a laugh. I could do forward. that better
0: than you can, Charles. Oh, yeah. no, you can't, Charles. I could challenge you. To do it better.
1: And then Charles and Charles took on each other. So there you go. So from then, on the 10th of February, 1829, there was a note written stating that the University of Cambridge hereby challenged University of Oxford to row a match at or near London, each in an eight-oared boat during the ensuing Easter vacation. <laughs> so there you go.
0: Oh, man, I, can't not imag- I cannot imagine <laughs> being surrounded by that.
1: Well, thankfully, Hope, you don't have to, because we're, we're no. living in 2022 and not 1829.
0: Although, <laughs> yeah, I haven't got to wear wooden shoes and a big hat.
1: No, exactly. Although the first race was held in June 1829. That was on uh, Hem- Henley on Thames.
0: I and- was going to say this to you. Go on, Sorry. talk. I've visited Henley yes. a lot of times. Well, a few times because I used to live near there when I lived in Maidenhead. And there's always people rowing and learning to row, having rowing lessons. I was going to say, is Henley linked here anyway? And I was going to sound really clever. And now you've said it, it doesn't sound as smart coming out of my mouth. So no, just hope. know, Absolutely. I was going to say it. And Henley, beautiful place also.
1: Yeah, very pretty. I haven't ever been, but I've seen photos. Very, very pretty, Henley. But no, Oxford won comfortably. Hope you're exactly right. That is it. And actually, interestingly, that's a fun fact for you hope as well there. The very first boat that they raced in, which Oxford won in, is actually in the museum in Henley. So there you go this is the men's we'll talk about the women's in just a second but for the next kind of 25 years it was kind of on and off so the races did happen and then didn't i assume that was because of logistics and arranging things back in 1827 or whatever it was um the second official race was in london in 1836 and from that point on the races then kind of yeah t- basically took off and for the women's it actually was founded in 1927 um, but they also only raced periodically until the 1960s, and the first race was held in Oxford. But very interestingly, the first races weren't actually like the men's; they were actually completely different. So the first few races weren't by a contest of rowing and who got to a line first over, say, half a mile or um, a kilometre, whatever they're rowing. It was judged on style and time, whatever that means. I don't really know. And, and actually, oh
0: yeah, I can yeah. do it. I'm
1: Come rowing on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 Who knows? Who? Go I've only. got my style. <laughs> It no, it been, oh yes, come on! Woo, we're rowing, rowing! Let's, let's do row. it. Do it, it style,
0: ladies. Do it style.
1: And then, and then, even weirder, hope this is the weirdest thing of all. The two, the two crews weren't allowed on the river at the same time, so it would be one after the other, and then they'd be judged accordingly. Um, and then that was it. But we'd have to from,
0: blindfold the other teams so they don't steal their style.
1: Yeah, no. Look at you're not. Allowed, we can't look at the other ladies going on the river. <laughs> We mustn't look at the other ladies. <laughs> whatever. So, I mean we're, anyway, really odd. And then from nineteen thirty five, the races then became proper contests for the ladies too, and they then rowed and had to go, yes, let's row for fun, nice style, or whatever. It Yay.
0: Saying. Do they um do they ever do unisex? Because when I have been to Henley, there's been um women and men both in the boats together.
1: So you can do that, but for no, for the, because I think because this race is so traditional, it is men's and women's only. So it's kind of how it's, how it's always been. And I think they probably won't ever change that, but there you go. So hope reason why we're talking about this now for it to make sense is this is taking place this Sunday, the 3rd of April. Very interestingly too, because you're going to, I think you'll like this one as well. Um, so <laughs> This is quite amusing. So, it obviously is coming back to the Thames. 2020 was cancelled because of COVID. And in 2021, they raced in a place called Ellie, which is E-L-Y. It might be I I don't know how you say it. E-L-Y. Ely that's near me. E-L-Y. There you go. They raced in Ely.
0: Ely. Ah! Oh, my God. That's exciting. E-L-Y is... Sorry, I'm getting really squeaky. Ely's just up the road.
1: See, it is exciting. You're only 365 days late, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they have loads of boats there. And there's yes, a really exactly. nice pub near the river.
1: Oh, there you go. we should we should we should pop down. Ely is nice. E- yeah, Ely, there you go. So I've learned something new. So obviously, the race this year is back on the Thames, and the seventy-sixth women's race starts at two twenty-three British summertime. and the one hundred sixty-seventh men's race starts at three twenty-three British summer time.
0: <laughs> What's for the twenty-three?
1: Apparently, the time it is time to start on the incoming flood tide because obviously they're on a river ah. and the river then plays so that's why it's at a really bonkers time that now makes sense that will be to do with either it being high tide i assume it will be high tide at that point
0: isn't it isn't it weird that the moon controls the waves
1: it is quite bo- that's quite bonkers really isn't it it's quite a mad it's quite a mad thought yeah
0: if you think about it too much you really get Confuse and want to dig a hole because it's a bit overwhelming. overwhelming. <laughs> I want
1: to dig but a hole. that is oh. weird, isn't it? Or equally, you could wait at Ely and not get a train. That's something you could do. Um,
0: yeah. Imagine if there was no moon, probably no waves. And then they could sail anytime.
1: <laughs> okay, there it, you go. Also, got, yes, go on. No, because that, that, like, I, you know, you're brilliant, but that, that was like you saying in winter it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: sometimes I like to clarify in conclusion. No, all right. it's good.
1: It's good. You know, and as just you were saying with,
0: it's, it's to conclude the point.
1: Yeah. You know, in your A levels with a hypothesis after you've done all that stuff, you have to write a conclusion and an analysis. So There you go. There you so go.
0: it's stuck in my brain.
1: Stuck in your brain, just like the Cambridge team, because the past four races have been won by the women and the last three by the men. So actually, Cambridge are currently dominating the races. So I'm sure that Oxford will be hoping to get one back on their close arch rivals come Sunday. Mm,
0: this just now, reminded me of this just reminded me of Quidditch and Hogwarts. <laughs> I'll <I'm> be <being> honest. <laughs>
1: It is quite interesting. I hope, I want you to guess as well. This is something that I learned. So this course stretches, it's in London, southwest London, stretches over 4.25 miles. I want you to guess how many people are, are expected to watch the race on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I don't want to overshoot. And then it's because, you know, when you buy something, for, you know, when you buy like a new jumper and you're like, oh, that's a bargain. And then you say to someone, guess how much it was? And they go £10. you're like, oh, no, it's 35 I don't want to do that. I'm going to say 1000 250,000 people
1: Wow to watch. I know So I really team. shot
0: low there To not ruin your story
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah.
0: FYI I was going to go 2,000
1: A load of people It was was quite mental And actually You do get to watch Some Olympians So in the men's team You have rowers Featuring from Great Britain The US Canada New Zealand Australia And Switzerland of, of Just a couple of nations to name some of which are Olympians in the in the women's team. We've got eight nationalities represented. Also, some Olympians rowing there. So very. So very they're not
0: actually from Cambridge University.
1: They go to Cambridge, as in they are they are Cambridge.
0: People. They're Olympians, and they go to Cambridge. Correct. <sighs> Gosh, imagine that.
1: I know exactly. Very impressive, and there are quite a few. There are. Quite
0: That's a... insane because you've got to work out your brain. Anybody.
1: I know very very interesting i was down in southwest london that way actually down towards hammersmith fulham way on sunday hence me saying about when i saw walking down this well down the river i should say i was on the uh on the path next to the river loads of signs everywhere get ready for the henley um get ready for the the boat race book your book your tickets here um or like your, your table tickets effectively you know book this seat this seat Loads of people out and about. I think it will be absolutely packed down there. So for anyone listening, um, if this does go live before Sunday, which it may or may not, who knows? But if it doesn't, um, you will know the outcome. But there you go. I mean, hope out of the two, Cambridge or Oxford, who do you want to win?
0: I'm going to say Cambridge only because it's closer to me.
1: There you go. Okay, fair enough. I visit
0: there quite often, actually. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, me, mum and dad went there the other day for a day out. We all got a little bit too tipsy. (laughs) You?
1: I think, do you know what? Hope this is my. I I think Cambridge will win because of the fact they won the last couple of races and stuff, they're doing really well. Um, but I'm gonna say because after COVID, obviously fans are back in. I also don't know what the general consensus is in London. I don't know what the the way up is versus for Oxford versus Cambridge. Um, but I'm gonna say, oh, tricky. I don't know. It's it's difficult one to call. I I'm I feel gonna like say
0: you you want cam you think Cambridge will win but you want the underdog yeah, to win I want, don't you yeah
1: i want oxford to win because i like an underdog story so i'm going to go with oxford to win um but it won't surprise me they both both the men's and women's get absolutely hammered because i think the the cambridge team is outstanding although saying that you never know you know the the tide could play a fact you know there, there might be a slight gust of wind in one of the channel who knows we we'll have to wait and see but there you go that then wraps up this episode of Sports for Dummies, episode six. If you have enjoyed listening, thank you so much. Please do drop us a review on any of our different channels that we post on um, and let us know either on Instagram or Twitter or any of our social medias what you thought of this episode, things we've missed, things that we could have spoken about. And going forwards, I'm actually in America next week. So we'll have a mini episode out for you guys ready next week. Um, but we'll have a slight week off while I'm out in the US doing some work with my university. I'm out on a uh, on a on effectively a university trip to a New York summit with my yeah with UCFB so there you go
0: there you go it's all about him isn't it I'm also in America you forgot to mention
1: oh, I was waiting for you to cue that in
0: yeah yeah I'm going to America too same time as Lewis oh really weird oh. random you go, to me, Hope i yeah. arranging
1: a meet up you know go, keep your eyes peeled always keep your eyes on the prize awesome okay. potential TikTok content and then we because <laughs> we will post them, or on Instagram because we'll try and meet up somehow or another when we're both out in New York
0: yeah one way or another we've got to
1: you do, just for the
0: pick. I mean I'll you just don't. see you for two seconds. Pick.
1: Different yeah, no. no, no. oh, country. <laughs> exactly.